Well, hello everybody, welcome to episode 171, that's 171, it is the ENS Wolves podcast. Uh, unfortunately, the last of the 2019-20 the season, uh, Joe Edwards, um, 13 months, 383 days, 10 countries, 40,000 miles, 59 games, Unfortunately, the dream is over. I was hoping to do this podcast drenched in German sunshine, somewhere along the Rhine, sinking a cold beer. But I'm back in Dorridge with a sparkling water and a porridge. Ah, oh, mate, we packed for 12 days. We're back in two. Did you mean for that to rhyme? Did, did you write that down? Play no, 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 no. Did it rhyme? Dorridge and porridge. Oh, yeah, yeah, I guess it did. Yeah, yeah. I can say Dorridge and Oats if that if that, that if that makes you feel any any easy, but no, yeah. there's, there's no preparation that goes into these podcasts, mate. Let alone me trying to trying, right. to, trying to do a rhyme. More, more luck than judgment. MC Judah on the mic. Oh, mate, yeah. I'm 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 gutted. I mean, you know. Oh, so am I, mate. I'm absolutely gutted. You know, uh, it was just to be there last. I can't believe we were there last night. Like, you know, less than twelve hours ago. What complete whirlwind, yeah. Just yeah. so strange, and we're back here, back at home, and. You know, we'll, we'll talk about the game and we'll talk about how good Sevilla were, etc. But you just, it would have been so great. I'm not even saying going to win it or get to a final, but to, to keep in the competition and to have the anticipation of going to a Battle of Britain yeah. on Sunday and, and some other fans flying out would have, would have been great. And it's just, it's just all a little bit deflating to finish the season, which is a shame because it, because it has been sensational. It's been brilliant. And, and, People forget that it has been brilliant, and there's been so many incredible moments. But to finish it with a slight tinge of disappointment is it's just it's just tough to take. It is, it is, and you know it's uh, it, it shows the kind of how far the club has uh, has come when you when you're coming out of the Europa League quarterfinal and and disappointed and thinking what could have been. I mean it, that that just goes to show what an incredible job. Has been done uh, by by Nuno and everyone in that squad. I mean, you know they're they're ever so committed, ever so uh, passionate. They wear the shirt with pride. Um, they don't take it for granted, and you know the work that they've put in um, has shown in the last couple of weeks. But it, unfortunately, it's shown in the other way that they've looked dead on their feet. Really, um, it was going to take you know more than just sitting back and soaking up pressure to beat Sevilla um, you know they, they did well to hang on as long as they did in the end and I know, I know the, the penalty and the possible encroachment you know we've, we've gone over that already and, and what might have been with that but for 75 minutes Sevilla were, were firmly the better team um, they have every chance of winning it and you know and they'd have beaten us um, I have to do you know I, I think they carried themselves with you know, a lot of quality, you know, similar kind of um, way of doing things to Wolves, really, quite compact defensively, um, you know, four, four back, well, wing backs who like four backs, wing backs, slash whatever you that like to get forward, um, you know, having a freedom, but uh, being almost being regimented as well. So, yeah, they're, they're a good team and, um, it was a, it was a kind of a, it was a, it was a learning experience for Wolves. I think it's Wolves have came ever so far. They've taken the competition by storm. They've you now getting to the last eight is a phenomenal achievement. But I think Sevilla kind of showed where Wolves want to be. Um, you know, they're they're firmly on their way. They're not quite there yet. So um, I think you know this was a this will be a good experience. It's you know you're looking at a side that's decorated in Europe. They've been there and done it, and that's what Wolves want to do in the future. I mean, overachieved is probably a word that's used too much, but you got the sense, especially last night, that Wolves have continually overachieved with this squad. And Nuno Espirito mm. Santo has been incredible in the way that he has got everything and squeezed every amount of effort and positivity that he possibly could out of this talented group of players because it is talented but I think the last month or so 
has shown that really, if you and it has been a long season, I understand they've played a lot of games, but if you really want to contend every single season and compete with that top six, you can't say you can compete with the top four consistently because no one can unless you're Man City or Liverpool. I don't care who, what what you say, but if you can consistently compete with that top six. The time has now come and they've put it off and they've put it off and they've put it off to go and to buy and to make this squad better and spend some money and make this squad stronger because you look at the bench last night and you think, you know, you're looking at a 20-year-old Pedro Neto and Diogo Jota who's woefully out of form going into, going into this game and those are the two glaring Stand up, stand out, stand alone substitutes that you could bring on, and you couldn't really bring anyone else on. And if you're gonna, if you're gonna contend, like I say, every single season in domestic competitions, the Premier League, in the Carabao, in the FA Cup, in Europe, you've got to keep what you've got, and you've got to bring in quality at a variety of positions. And I don't think you can do what they've done in the last two to three years and just recruit a couple on loan and hope for the best and maybe one works out and one doesn't and if you hit the jackpot then great we'll sign them I think that's been and gone now we might see one or two more loans but it's time now Wolverhampton Wanderers is a destination that players want to go to and have got to bring them in yeah I mean Nuno really interesting comments actually after the game and said you know we need players no doubt about it to to make us stronger I mean it He's right, um, but you know he's not usually quite so uh, forthright when it comes to you know kind of speaking about transfers and things like that. He usually keeps his cards quite close to his chest, so that was almost um, a little bit a bit of a statement, if you like. Um, you know they won't want to deviate from the philosophy completely or anything like that. They. They, you know, they've got they've got a philosophy that works. Um, you know, they, they don't want people just making up the numbers. Um, but you know, they're going back to seven subs and three coming on for next season. And you want to have three subs or well, all seven subs that can come on really, and well, the six with a with a keeper that can come on and, and and see out a game or change a game for you. And Wolves haven't quite got that uh, at the minute. Um, as you say Neto and Jota obviously very good options off the bench of course Pedence was suspended so that would made that would have made it free but you know, they do need they do need for me I think they need a defender um, a centre back you know somebody who's proven who has consistent you know years of experience in that position Sace has done a great job but need someone to put the pressure on him really either step up to the challenge or you know, end up being a bit more uh, of a of a squad player size, perhaps um, a wing back. I think they need a wing back. I think they need a midfielder that can carry the ball and get get some more goals and a striker to to uh, hopefully with him and staying. That that would be the four positions for me. Um, I'll, I'll be a bit careful to say overachieve because I think that I mean I know know what you mean because they you know it has been such a small squad, but. You know, Wolves have got some very good players, um, and you know they do deserve to be where they are over the course of the season because of the work that they've done. But yeah, I think just last night um, showed that you know there's still a bit bit of a way to improve. And it was a, a wake up call, I think. It yeah, was a lesson. Yeah. It was a lesson, really. They, they they got taught a lesson last night in in you know if you want to come and play with the big boys, this is the standard that you've got to be at. We've been here. We've been here for a long time. You know. We know how to play European football, and and really, you know, apart from the first ten minutes, it kind of was men versus boys. And Sevilla, great mm. side in themselves. I mean, they've finished joint third really with Atletico in La Liga, so the quality outfit. And Wolves have had a stinking draw in this last day. They really have. But at the same time, you're going to come across these teams time and time again. They're a well organised. They, they they knew how to um, how to hold the ball up. They knew how to keep possession, and and you knew you knew it was waiting. And they were just hoping, beyond all hope, I think that they could get through to extra time. Wolves, and and it just didn't happen. And of course, the inevitable happened, and they didn't have any time for a response. Uh, but that's the standard you've got to get to, and that's without your okay, the Champions League, but you know your Barcelona's, your Atleticos, your Reals. You know this is this is a team that's come fourth in yeah. in La Liga. 
So it's just, it was it was a privilege to be there. It was an honour, but it was also an interesting lesson. In, in if you're really going to compete with these guys, it they've got they've got a long way to go. Yeah, and and Severa are a good measuring stick, really, in terms of. And how they've grown from from a you know, <laughs> mid-table or decent side to, to what they've transformed themselves into is really what Wolves are looking to do themselves. Exactly, and you know they'll operate with a similar a similar budget. I yeah. mean, you know they they're not they're not the the biggest payers in their league, but they pay well. They have got financial clout. They won't be signing players for for fifty million as I don't expect Wolves to. Even though they they could, I mean, past pandemic, it would be a big surprise to see Wolves splash that on one player. I think they could, I think you know they could easily spend more than fifty million this summer on a, on three or four players. But you know, Sevilla's way of doing things and the and the depth that they've got. You know, you look to Munir coming on, a former Barcelona player, Luke Diong. I know he had a had a tough time at Newcastle, but he would scored a lot of goals in Holland and has done a decent job for them coming on. You know, Vazquez, the midfielder. You know they they had strength in depth and and, and pro- proper strength in depth. Oliver Torres was on their bench, didn't even get on, and he's been he's played about 30, 40 games for them this season. So that is that is the level you want to be at. And what as we say, Wolves just haven't quite got that in the minute. I think three or four additions uh, this summer will be what is the remit. I think I think that's what Nuno will want. I I, I would have said a wing back. Anyway, um, just to kind of um, you know, just to give Doherty a bit more of a challenge. You know, I don't think he would get complacent, but you need healthy competition, and he hasn't had that. And um, but now Johnny's injury is, I think, has pretty much forced that hand. I think that that becomes more of a priority now. Finnegan is a good player, but if one of them goes down, then you then you're in real trouble. So. Yeah, I'll get that sorted. Get get a defender in midfielder, maybe. I, I, I would say I'd say that's probably the more so at the bottom, uh, an attacking midfielder, but definitely a striker as well. Um, because Jimenez, you know, I, we discussed it going back to the hotel last night. It almost looked like he couldn't really muster up enough, enough, enough power on, on, the, on his penalty he just yeah. looked like he was on jelly legs yeah. so uh, and that's completely understandable because oh, he's, it's pressure he, in a big situation big, yeah. biggest moment you know you, you talk about Raul Jimenez and he, he's, you know, he's played the best that's one of the biggest moments of his career you know yeah. last night yeah. people taking that penalty absolutely world stage everyone watching and pressure can do can do strange things to you uh, we'll, we'll go we'll, we'll come on to the the signings in the summer towards the end of the podcast because I do want to ask you a couple of questions about the certain type of calibre players and the realistic players that they could potentially use as their, the car alarm goes off um, I think that's probably in my drive let me just double check that my car's still there let's see if Judah's car has been stolen Judah's car been stolen? no it's still there I don't know whether it's my car or not but um We'll carry on. We'll carry on. I've just closed the window, which it's is great. Which is great still, in thirty-four degree heat. Perfect. It's still oh, it's there. Gone, it's gone. Well, there you go. It, it's gone. It's gone. The, the car. The car has the gone. Car's it, gone. It has been. It has been stolen. Shit. Shit. <laughs> um, now we can talk about the game to death. You know, we can talk about the the missed penalty and the infringement and the keeper being off his line, etc., etc. But we've done that, Joe. We've done that. We've done the analysis video. You know, everyone's seen it. It's been talked. You know, on social media to death really so I'm not going to go over the game step by step by step but 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 and it is a big but you know Nuno surprised us all I guess playing a damn up front and we all thought that most of, most of us thought Jota would play and uh, those first 10 minutes Wolves were sensational they really were I was so excited I thought that Sevilla were, were shook a little bit they were shocked with how good Wolves started in that game and of course you've got the, the run to end all runs I mean you know absolutely magnificent that's exactly what he's there for that's exactly why Nuno picked him and you've got to think that if Wolves score that goal they get that that game is a completely different game now I'm not saying that Wolves is a 50-50 game you know Sevilla I'm sure they've continued with the majority of possession but they needed something to hang on to to claw on to and you think that that would have given the confidence of their 1-0 up We've seen it, you know, with fans and with VAR. All of a sudden you score and then you don't and it's chalked off and then the impetus all of a sudden goes straight on with the opposition and it is a completely different game. 
and it's such a shame because I do think it's you know it's, it's easy to say now but that first goal was massive in that game and as soon as they missed that you just felt that you could just see the deflation in the players and was the belief still there and from then on it was just one way traffic yeah it, the first goal was crucial and I think every, everybody everybody was thinking that pretty much you'd probably take one goal uh, to, to, to decide it and you know that, that you can't really miss those opportunities in big games of course you can't really blame Raul I mean you know Nuno and the players says they're not blaming him I mean it, it, it's one penalty miss you know everybody's everybody's missed a penalty in their time uh, it's just a shame that it was that on it the was last stage yeah, yeah on, the, on such a big stage so that um, was one of the biggest games of his career, for sure. You know, I mean, people oh, yeah, say, yeah. absolutely, it was. You know, so it's it's funny what pressure can do to players, and uh, you know, everyone misses a penalty. It's just such a shame, like you say, when he hasn't missed one for Wolves in in, in competitive football anyway. That uh, that was the time and the place that, that that you know that he had to he had to get saved. Yeah, and I know we've t- talked about the encroachment and uh, Bonnell potentially being a little bit off his line, but you know, even if. Um, even if Bonner wasn't off his line, he still would have saved it. Um, you know, it was pretty much straight down his throat. It was a, at, a, at a good height for the keeper as well. It was his meat and drink, really, for you know, for for a keeper who's playing in the last eight of the Europa League. So it, it was disappointing. I mean, Traore, that that was him in a nutshell, wasn't he? That's that was him. You know, I, we've not really seen so much of that. Um, since the restart, and it was like, oh, okay, we, you know, this is this is the Adama we want to see. I mean, he'd he put a cross in for Jimenez, whose head went straight at Bono in like the first minute. Then Matinho put in a free kick. Dendonka didn't really connect properly, but it just went over the bar, and it was like, oh, the you know, the intent is mm-hmm. there. Um, but I, I mean, remember saying to him in the press box, you know, I mean, I know it's an easy thing to say, but after the penalty, it was like. Well, Sevilla were going to switch on now. That that, that, that was a there's a kick up the arse to them because yeah. yeah. you, you know it was like oh you know we got, we got to book it up now and that's exactly what they did and you know Kunde and uh, Carlos from that point on didn't give Jimenez or Traore a sniff. I mean no. nothing nothing stuck up top at all. I no, mean, it didn't. No, um, and it was relentless. Once I mean the defense didn't get a break all night, especially in that second half. As soon as they got it out, it was coming back at them. You know, well I, I mean Wolves haven't been. Had to had to really, I mean, and they were deep. Yes, they were deep, but people forget that they were deep for a reason. You know, Sevilla didn't allow them to to, to get higher up the field, and uh, they just got further. I mean, I, I've never seen Doc and Vinagra so so yeah. deep in all my life. I can't remember them getting past the halfway line, to be honest. But that's credit to the opposition. That's credit to Sevilla, and uh, you know, one nil Wolves, and it's a different game, and they've got to take a few more chances, and that's when they can get them on the break. But you know, it, it, it wasn't meant to be, was it? It wasn't, and you know, word word on Vinagra. I think he did all right defensively. I think we, you know, we're looking yeah, at yeah, defensively was, he was fine. Yeah, he did, he did well. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he didn't get forward, but he didn't really have the opportunity to get forward. It weren't it weren't one of those games for him. Um, same with Doherty, but you know, we, we wondered if he would be left exposed and you know, kind of exploited by um, by Navas and uh, and Suso, and he wasn't you know majorly you know kind of. Uh, tr- troubled, uh, you know, in terms of one-on-one take-ons, I, I, I was impressed by Suso. I, I thought he was a really classy operator, um, really kind of slick on the ball, kind of um, you know cross-field passes, just kind of almost glides across the pitch. He's got a, got a real quality about him. Ever Benaga, I mean, you know, he's off to Qatar soon for for a big payday, but I mean, he could. He could easily play for Sevilla for for five more years if he wanted. I mean, he, you know, it was the kind of the battle of the veteran midfielders of, of him and Matinho. I mean, you have to say Benega won it on the night. He was, he was, he was magnificent. Everything he touched was just done with a, you know, just silk. Really, it was all silky smooth, and he was he was one of the big difference makers. And you know, also pen back. I thought Bolly played really well. Um, I thought you know that was one that, that was kind of him getting towards back to his best, you know, that kind of commanding, you know, sh- assured body performance that we were so used to seeing. Um, it was just a, it's just a shame that, the, you know, they, they couldn't get on the ball at, at all, really. The, you know, the, the, the midfielders, Neves and uh, Matinho especially, just, just barely had a kick. And that's it, isn't it? You know, 
there were too many. Well, we, I mean, I think you said before the game as well. Massive battle in midfield tonight. That's where the game's going to be won and lost. And I thought Dendonka was really good on the night. I really did. Yeah. I thought he did. I thought his role. He, he covered some bloody ground. He really did. But Nevers and Matinho were kind of anonymous, to be honest. Uh, I think Matinho's had a disappointing end to the season, and you know he's, he's brilliant and he's go and he's he's all all of the above. You might have to replace him next season because I'm not sure whether you know everybody gets to it. You know, um, everybody gets to that that age where it's well, father time is undefeated. You know that that's the phrase that you have, and unfortunately uh, for him, and he's going to be it'll be really good next season. But you can't play him every game. I don't think you can. I'm not sure whether it's quite there yet. When you've got pace at you, you know, Moutinho looked a little bit, well, he was found wanting a bit. And I think that, you know, when he got the early hook as well, I think that was the right decision. And I think they need someone else in that midfield next season to at least at least be up there with Moutinho and maybe playing instead of him. Yeah, I... Maybe it's harsh, and I'm sure some people are screaming at the microphone now, or screaming at the radios or whatever. But for me... I think you've got to get someone who, if if he's not coming straight away, he's got to be ready to go. Because, you know, how old's how old Zhao now? 30, 33? 34, 34, 34 next month. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, you can't go on forever. He's had an incredible career. He's been brilliant for Wolves. But if you're going to if you're gonna contend next year, you've got to have someone ready to go and you've got to have quality there. Yeah, I've never heard that turn of phrase that you said, by the way. Well, father, father time is undefeated. And maybe, maybe it's an American phrase, maybe, but father time is undefeated. So basically, you know, age, age always wins. So, you know, if you, yeah, you, yeah, you, okay. you, can play, you can be a great player for your whole career. You're always going to be on the decline at some point. Father time will catch up, catch up with you is, is kind of what I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I still think Matinho's got a lot to offer Wolves. And, you know, it's just about getting the best out of him and you know he's played more games than anybody in Europe um, despite the fact that as we said if he turns 34 next month he can't do that again next season um, you know you got to try and he could do some more bloody media interviews next season <laughs> yeah. you got you got to you got to try and kind of you know he's at walls for another couple of years and you got to get the best out of those years and I don't think playing him 55 times in a season is, is the way about getting the best out of him just be a bit more cuter a bit bit smarter I think he's you know can influence certain games more than others you know kind of come on and, and deliver that killer pass you know when you chase when you're chasing a winner or something like that maybe we see a bit more of that I think Dendonka has got I think a bigger role to play in midfield next season I'd like to I'd like to see another um, come into the side but you know, three five two was the way they went last night. First time we've kind of seen it in a while. But the best way to play three five two is if you've got somebody to supplement and and support that attack. At the moment, there's too too much of a gap between midfield midfield and the forwards. You need that was the idea with Morgan Gibbs White, but he just hasn't come on. You know, in 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 that way. You know, to to, to make that spot his own at all so I think that they need an attack minded midfielder somebody to kind of you know operate in between those lines almost in a in a bit of a free role if you like and I, and I think Dendonka would have the legs alongside Neves you know in, in, in the midfield two behind that number 10 to kind of really you know cover that ground in the middle of the park and then I, I, I would love, love to see that but I do think perhaps, you know, I think a wing-back is an important position to strengthen. I know we're getting onto this a bit more later on, but in the centre-half and the striker. But if you could do the four, if you could complete the set, get all four of those positions, was a be, uh, we'll be on to something, I think. Was that a show of faith in Traore last night or a custard pie for Jota? I think it's a bit of both, yeah. Um, it's... Uh, I think it's a bit of a you know we talk about wake up calls. It's a bit bit of one for Jota, isn't it? Um, we all love him because on his day he's amazing, and on his day he's my most enjoyable Wolves player to watch. I, I love watching him when he's at full flow. There's no one else like him, but he just hasn't been like that for long enough. And over over the, over the course of the season, really, I mean he, he's been poor since the restart, but he's he's, he's endured a lot of blips. 
I think it, you know different six, seven, and eight game balance yeah. balance spells in the Premier League, and that's you know, crazy, think, really. You never yeah. you never ever think that. I mean, you know, the yeah. way, last season it was every other Wolves goal had had Jota so, either assisting or scoring, really. Yeah, yeah, it was Jota and Jimenez. Mm. It was you know as he scored, as he scored, kind of it was a trade off. And I think that will come again. I, I do. Yeah, I believe I it'll do. come again. It'll be key next season. I think it will. But he's definitely got a couple of question marks over. He's a young lad, and he's he's brilliant. I completely agree. Completely endorse what you say, Joe. And I think that I think that on his day, he's, he's, he's Wolves' best player. I really do. But there's a few people, and a few people who forget, you know, very quickly as well. Who are, who are fuming at him, and you know, with, with missed chances and stuff like that. And uh, look. He's 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 going to have to go away, and he's going to. The players have got ten days now, rest and, and recuperation, and then they're going to have to get back on it. And he's one of those people who will have to start the season well, because as as it's shown, even with a small squad, Nuno's not not scared to pull someone pretty quickly. Well, and and Pedro Neto came on before him as well. Yeah, which, yeah. You know, which which was, I mean, Jota had almost got stripped off and warmed up, and I don't know if it was just purely tactical, but. It, 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 you know, it did point towards that. You know, Neto is kind of on an even keel with Jota at the minute, and you know, that obviously says says stuff about the the amount that Neto has impressed this season. But it also says about how Jota has tailed off. Um, you know, I, I, I think he can come back and be the main man next season. I really do. I, I think. Well, obviously, Jimenez is still around, but I, I think Jota could. You know, really kind of have the bit between his teeth and realise that this season has been. One of, of of underachievement for him, really, uh, for, for a player of his quality. I know he's I know he scored a lot of goals in the Europa League, but I think he was only seven in the Premier League. He's, he should be hitting double figures in the Premier League. Um, you know, he, he's he's good enough to do that. He's um, you know he's a he's a fantastic player, and I think these next few weeks over the well, over the summer over the month. Uh, three weeks. Yeah, to, to to get ready for the season, he'll be chomping at the bits because he'll be doing everything to be in that starting lineup for that first game of the season. Because at the moment, it's uh, it's far from guaranteed. What's your overriding feeling at this moment in time, Joe? Sadness, pride, frustration. <laughs> it's it's hard to put. What what what? It's 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 mixed, isn't it? It's mixed. Overall, I'm really I'm you know I've, I've loved covering this season. I mean, I know we sound a bit, you know, downhearted because because we are because you know yeah, you never want to be deflated. You, of course you, you do. Absolutely. You, know, you never, you never, you know, when you've got that far, it w- would be nice to to see him go all the way. But um, it's been a it's been an utter joy uh, covering this Wolves team this season. I mean, you know, the double over Manchester City. You know that win at Tottenham. I mean, yeah. the, I mean, particularly stands out for me because that's the last game I did with a crowd. Mm. Um, for me, that was the high point personally. I just thought, wow, this is a such a statement victory. Yeah. Um, putting four past both Espanyol and Besiktas at Molineux uh, was was great. I mean, having just having European football back was was really really enjoyable. But um, yeah, it's um, it, it is one where, given the end and the tired legs and yeah, and and finishing seventh and not guaranteeing Europe. For, for next season, it, it does leave a you know a bit of a of a sour taste towards the end, and uh, yeah, it, it, it's fair to have mixed emotions. I think absolutely, it's been an unbelievable journey. Like you know, started off in Shanghai, and to say it's literally finished last night is unbelievable. I, I do have to say a big thank you to uh, to Express and Star and, and our editor Martin Mark for sending us everywhere, literally yeah, all over the world, because you know it, we put out free content, you know, every single day. Week in, week out, and uh, it's not cheap. It is not cheap, as you can well imagine, to send us. You know, I mean, driving all over the country covering games, but let alone, you know, let alone flying all over Europe and going halfway across the world to China and uh, and covering it as a two is is um, hotels and airfare and and expenses. It is. It has been very expensive. So we're very lucky that we have the kind of backing that we do so that we can continually do that. And, you know, next season's probably going to be a little bit lighter on the old expenses, Joe. But, um, you know, it's uh, there's a lot of people who are obviously very envious of our position, but we, we've got to, you know, thank thank, uh, thank up above, thank the management, but also know that, um, you know, we try to give the fans as much content as, as we possibly can. 
Oh yeah, yeah, and it's it's been a long season. It's been. A... I feel for them. I feel for them that they weren't there for the last, you know, yeah. the last couple of months. It really. Oh god, you yeah. know, they're nitty gritty because they've done the hard work. You know, what I mean, these are the guys. You know, I got I got a couple of people having a go on Twitter, social media yesterday, saying, you know. Uh, well, you're not a fan, Judas, so you don't know what it feels like and stuff like that. Well, look, I'm, I'm, I am a fan. You know, yeah, I love, I, love, I love covering the club, but yeah, I completely understand it. You know, you guys are, you guys have been there through thick and thin and through harder times than this. But um, you feel it, don't you? You feel it. And I think, for, from our point of view, you know, obviously you've been a Wolves fan, Joe. The most important thing is to try and convey the emotions and the thoughts and the feeling at the time to those at home because it is gutting. And we said it is gutting. For us not to have the fans there because they deserve it. They deserve to be in these moments, good or bad. Yeah, they do. And you know, we we didn't want the Europa League quarterfinal to be played at an, at an empty stadium in a, in a third tier German stadium. I mean, it, I mean, it, it's yeah. It, of course, it was still a big occasion, but if wanted it, you know, it would have been great to go out to Seville and and then bring come back to Molyneux perhaps full house, roaring, you know, kind of willing them on. And yeah. I think it would have made a difference. Um, you know, we've seen it so many times, uh, uh, the rose to the occasion, rose to the crowd. Um, I just, just hope they can come back soon. You know, they're talking about October, you know, hopefully no second wave. But um, yeah, it, it just isn't the same without the fans. It's all ifs and buts, isn't it? But I mean, you know, like you said, the, the way that they were playing going into lockdown, I mean, take away lockdown, you just don't know, do you? I mean, Wolves could be playing. And if it wasn't for lockdown and, VA, and VAR this season, Wolves could be in the ch- qualify for the Champions League already and potentially in a, in a Europa League semi final. You, you know, it's just, uh, it is crazy. But, um, but Joe, I, I like to say, I'm very proud of you. I'm very proud of you. Oh. You've come on. You've come on leaps and bounds. I'm not talking about your journalistic ability. I'm talking about your eating habits. <laughs> yeah. Because because um, you you after after a a, a, a dodgy you, you weren't happy in Spain. You weren't happy with the food that you were having in Spain. No, you didn't you... like it. You were up against McDonald's. You you were you were the, you were the Brit abroad. But I, I can say I can say that I'm genuinely appreciative that you tried all the German cuisine and you tucked in. You tucked into your currywursts and your schnitzels and even, dare I say it, salads. Yeah. I mean, it was unbelievable, mate. I couldn't believe what I was seeing in front of my eyes. I'm a change, man. Oh, um, it's astonishing. You, <laughs> you'll love this, by the way, guys. Nathan uh, did his braces on the breakfast. I did. I, I, <laughs> so I've got some. I've got some. Uh, I've got some braces on my on my on my um, bottom half of my teeth because uh, Blue ate my retainer that I had. I had them done a while ago, so the, the, the teeth have gone slightly out of place. I've got like a brace on for like six weeks, um, and yeah, eating a, eating, a, eating a breakfast yesterday, a delicious lunch place. I must have who was at a delicious lunch place, and yeah. all of a sudden heard a ping, and uh, yeah, that, that was that was that was the wire gone and just digging into my gum, which wasn't great. So I've had, I've had emergency dentistry as soon as I got back straight into the dentist chair for forty five minutes um, to sort that out. She wasn't best pleased the dentist when I came back. I said, "Where was it?" You know. It was delicious though. It didn't, <laughs> didn't help. It didn't help the situation. But uh, well, it was a nice sausage. Yeah, it was. Oh, mate, love yeah. a sausage. Uh, honestly, <laughs> the, the food, the food there, the food there, heavy. Of course. I mean, one good thing about not staying for twelve days, I might have put on half a stone to be honest, because <laughs> it is rest. stodgy. It is stodgy, but it was delicious. I mean, you had a schnitzel. Where you know, in, I mean, it was in in the form of a burger schnitzel, I guess, mate. For you, you need yeah. a bit of bread between it. But yeah, getting salads. Mate, you're having water instead of Coke. I mean, water. I know. Fair play. Unbelievable. I mean, I, I couldn't quite believe it. The, the, you, you let yourself down slightly. You had a wobble because we just had a massive lunch. And then all of a sudden you declared that, that when we get to the stadium on the night that you might go and see a Mackey's. There's a Mackey's close to the stadium just to, just to line your stomach. But so I was a bit worried. But you, you pulled yourself around. You said, no, I'm not going to do that. So, so, so good effort to you. I'm just disappointed you didn't go on a run with me in 37 degree heat. I think that's your next thing. You've got to go on a little, a little mid-morning run in the in the severe heat, mate. Absolutely no way. I knocked on your door when you came back. You looked like you'd you'd, you'd died and been brought back to life. Ah, it's dripping, mate. Absolutely <laughs> dripping. Oh god. It was uh, it was awful. Yeah, I, I couldn't think of anything worse. Uh, but you, I mean, saying that, you know, you did try everything, but at the same time. Uh, you did have your go-to, didn't you, mate? What was your go-to? 
My God. Oh, my Rice Krispies bars. Oh, mate. You had two Rice Krispies <laughs> bars and a packet of crisps was the saying of the trip. That was, that yeah. was all you had. Just in case, if all else fails, two Rice Krispie bars and, and a packet, packet of crisps. And it's true, isn't it? You can live by that. Live by that mantra. Is, is that, are those the kind of like Rice Krispie bars, like the chewy, marshmallowy, gooey kind of things? No, they're squares bars. Oh, so yeah, that's the, the, square. Like them. So what's the difference? So Rice Krispie bars are a bit like, you know, like a Frosty's bar or a Cow Cow Pops. We like that kind of that milky layer on the bottom. So so like a, like a milky, frosty kind of, like, yeah, layer. And then just like the gooiness of the of the crispy. Yeah. Any, uh, any snap, cackle and, and pop going on? Cackle. Oh, cackle. all all out of here. I tell you what, you shit me up if it was a cackle. It's about to you snap, crackle and pop. That'd be steady. Uh, but uh, yeah, do you, do you hit a little bit of milk over it, mate? A little bit of milkiness? Oh, just get, get it in your mouth and uh, enjoy enjoy it, uh, enjoy the taste sensation. That's oh, on that front, we'll move on quickly onto, onto <laughs> questions, onto questions, onto questions quickly. Uh, family show. Uh, Paul Mansell. Uh, the players are exhausted from a long season. Will you, uh, Joe, and Nathan be recharging the batteries too? I'm exhausted as well. You are. I am. You are. I, mate. I don't think I've made a lick of sense this podcast, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I'm not looking forward to editing it. It could be a severe edit. <laughs> um, I, I don't think I'm going to get any before the season restarts. Maybe a couple of days, but looking to. I, I think I might be having some time off in. September and perhaps a bit in November. Uh, maybe missing a game here and there, but you know we've had games coming out our ears. So you know if you just gotta you gotta get your holiday in, haven't you? I think and as much as you'd want to be there, um, just yeah, I think I'm gonna have to miss one or two games maybe later on in the year. Yeah, um, same with me, mate. I'm, I think I might get a couple of days. I think, but um, want to start the season and 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 get that out of the way, and then yeah, back end of October, November time, hopefully with the, with the big, the big four zero, the big four zero on the uh, on the way. Uh, yeah, sure, might, might might get might have to miss a couple of games, but we'll see. We'll see. You know, you know us, mate. We'll try. We'll try and work it around games. We'll, we'll try and find yeah, some we'll, kind of international yeah. breaks or something that that, that, that yes. will work out. Yes. Uh, but yes, we'll try and get away, Paul. But you know, you, you guys come first. We'll, we'll just just flog us, flog us till till we die. Um, okay, uh, Reese Bourne says uh, overall a great season. However, do you think we rely too heavily on the counter attack when we're hard pressed, as we've seen in the last two games, and decide to sit back and soak up pressure? It feels like we lose all full momentum and become too defensive. Good point. Yeah, I, I, I think that's. Um... I think that, that that has been the case. I think it's it, we've seen it a bit too often, and and even games like um, Burnley and uh, Sheffield United, and you wanted Wolves to just go for it, really, and just say we're a better team than you, and we're going to show you. Um, it just never happened in those games. The only game that we really saw it, it after the restart um, was against Everton. You know, we all thought, oh, Everton are quite poor, and Wolves went, yeah, they are. We're going to show them. Yeah. <laughs> and, and 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 it was a great you know it was a great win for you know win job's a good one and I don't know if it was a if it was fatigue or if it was a, a, a belief thing or not quite having the players to do it consistently and you know that an area you know to be improving this you know in this window but yeah there's definitely you know that's definitely something that Wolves had become you know a bit too defensive really and uh, you know they've got the players to hurt teams but maybe they just kind of run out run out of steam towards the end I think they need a bit of help now get a few bodies in and uh, hopefully we'll, we'll be a bit more expansive yeah um, Gail Holford what's been your favourite Europa League Europa League game this season to cover home or away uh, toss between Bajiktas, um just for kind of like the I guess the the intimidating atmosphere of a, of a proper you felt it was a proper European away day, but probably Torino, probably Torino, the winner uh, Torino edges it for me. So basically, two games that you you weren't with yeah. me, Joe. Uh, yeah, well, I'd say one of lot. those one of those two games I, I, I really enjoyed just just because um, you know you just felt that Wolves were, Wolves had arrived on the European stage. Yeah, um, for me, I didn't enjoy Braga. Um, yeah, I just got absolutely sodden. Uh, in Braga yeah. um, there was all that trouble for the fans with all them sta- standardly aged idiots 
um, kind of yeah. going around and and uh, you know causing havoc. So that weren't great. Um, Espanyol was fine, but it was a bit of a nothing game because it had already been won. Mm-hmm. So I'd probably say Bratislava, strangely. Um, you know, I, the, all the farce of it being behind closed doors when it obviously wasn't. Yeah. Um, yeah. And but at least some Wolves fans got in there to go and see. But that that was my first one as well, first sure. kind of European trip. So yeah. I think I maybe look at that a bit more favourably than it actually was. But th- that experience of twenty thousand screaming kids um, at a supposedly behind closed doors match, um, for better or worse, will will always kind of yeah stick out for me. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll try and rattle through these jokes. We've quick fire, quick so fire. Boom, we boom, go quick boom. fire, you sure? You ready? You ready? Yeah, come on. Okay, quick answers. Uh, yeah. Links Wolf, when will Wolves be expected to start next season? Uh, September the 12th, I'd, I'd yeah, imagine. I, th- yeah. I don't think they're going to get any, any more time off. It remains to be seen with Manchester United and Man City, but I think for Wolves, they're going to be the ones who are going to be starting with everybody else in game week one. Uh, George Brown, thanks for covering Lazarus. A great job. Cheers, George. Top man, Cheers, thanks George. for your videos. Uh, what are your thoughts on the season as a whole, Nuno's three years, and what is needed to push this squad further? It's been great, but it could get even better. I think, I think that's I think that's the way you, you look at it. Um, don't rest on your laurels. Don't take things for granted. You've always got to try and improve, and in, and because uh, that's that, that's the name of the game. If you if you sit still, then other teams will buy new players and perhaps overtake you. You've you've always got to be looking at the next thing, looking at the. Um, looking at where you can improve the squad, it's it, it's relentless and you know perhaps a bit frustrating for, for for you know for people in the game that it's so kind of boom 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 next thing next thing next thing. But it's just in your bedroom last night. <laughs> but uh, it, sorry, that, sir, if you're listening. Uh, but that's just. Uh, uh, yeah, well, you, well, you are a bit, uh, but that, that's just uh, that's just the nature of the beast. Uh, so stop talking about the beast, mate. Jesus, uh, Reggie, <laughs> uh, seventh place finish last season, semi final of the FA Cup, seventh place finish of the season, and a quarter final of the Europa League. Realistically, what are our targets next season? Do you think top six? Question mark. Top four, maybe Champions League? Question mark. FA Cup winners? Question mark. You know they've they've got no European football. They've got a short break, Joe. Although you know with with a. You, with the European Championship that would, that would, that's been postponed, there would have been a short break regardless for a lot of these players. So, you know, that it is what it is. Uh, they're going to be playing a lot a lot less frequently. Um, so there will be more rest. Uh, what, what do you think they can do? I guess a lot depends on additions, but what we have discussed uh, on the plane and in the downtime, that I think that not only with going and concentrating on the league, but, but really have a go at at least one cup competition. With the, the Carabao, maybe the one that, that may... They may represent the, maybe the, the slightly easier challenge of, of maybe winning a, a major trophy for the first time in a long time and also qualifying for, for European football. Go for the Carabao, I think, yeah, mm. definitely. Um, you know, Villa got to the final just by playing their, you know, somewhat strongest team. Well, yeah. not even the strongest team, but took close to their strongest team uh, consistently. I mean, uh, you know, Wolves ended up giving them a decent game, even though they put the kids out. Um, but you know, I, I, I didn't like that that night. To be honest, I, I, I think there is a balance to be struck, and you know that was too many changes. I mean, we saw bloody Flavio Christovao come on, who quietly exited to go and play in Austria in January and for some nothing club. So you know, I, it just kind of yeah, it just it just um, I, that that night, you know, and of course Nuno just hasn't really. Prioritise the competition over the, over these past couple of years, but you know, with not having the Europa, they've proved they can, you know, by and large, do a large quantity of games in a in a short amount of time. So, I'm not saying put your strongest eleven out in that competition, but put some of clouds to it. You know, a three or four changes, something like that. But try and keep the core there, and I think if walls to that, I think they could have a, a you know a chance of you know a really deep running that competition, if not going all the way. Mike, what does what does a successful season look like next year? Um, a, a, a good run in one of the cups, hopefully, a, you know, a, a proper deep run into the cups. You know, it would be lovely to win some, win something. You know, have something tangible for for these years under Nuno. I know they won the championship trophy, but you know, a proper, you know, uh, domestic trophy really to to, to show for it. Um, but but if not that um, European qualification, I think that you know they're obviously disappointed to have missed out. They've really enjoyed the Arab League, 
and um, you know having missed out despite having more points than last season they'll be they'll be keen to seal it one way or another uh, you know this coming season yeah I echo those thoughts really I think I think it's Europe Europe or bust really for me I think you've got to got to qualify for Europe I think if, if you don't qualify for Europe next season it's not successful regardless of what happens you know, obviously, you're winning a trophy. You're going to get in European football anyway. If you if you qualify through the league, great. But for me, if you finish if you finish seventh like you did this year, and you uh, you don't do anything in the cup competitions, and you miss out because of you know FA Cup and winners and etc. Like they did this season, for me, it's not successful. I think this club, if you're going to keep on going and you're going to keep on to your best players, then then you need to get European football minimum Europa League. I guarantee you that if they keep their players this season and we're going to go on to this because that, that's imperative for me um, to keep this squad. You're not going to keep them again if you don't qualify for European football next season. Yeah. The likes of Jotters, you know, um, Neves's, uh, you know, Traore's, Moutinho, not, well, not Moutinho as such, but uh, Bolly, you know, those yeah. kind of players, they need to be playing European football and probably Champions League football. And uh, if, if they go for one more season and, and then they say, well, let's see what happens, you're not going to keep them again. So it's very much a big season for Wolves, I think, coming in this next season. And I think that the difficulty is is raising themselves now and raising themselves and dusting themselves up and stop feeling sorry for themselves and having a quick turnaround to a... a, a you could be playing Burnley away in three weeks and it's very hard <laughs> to get yourself up for Burnley away in three weeks' time. But a Premier League game is a Premier League game and they're going to have to knock themselves out of this and, and start again. Because the last thing you want to do is start the season as badly as you did this one and having to play catch-up for the rest of the season. You've got to start, hit the ground running and really give yourself a bit of momentum going into it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if there is one thing to be encouraged by was those three wins after this restart, just gone and now there were, you know, there were easier games. But they still had to go and win them and they did. So hopefully they can take what they did in those games and, you know, replicate it and just... Now start off the Premier League, you know, in, in some sort of style and just kind of start as you mean to go on. And uh, yeah, get in Europe again, you know, I mean, this is a club that, have, you know, openly admitted they want to be competing for European football year on year. And, you know, having having got seventh place finishes, in you know, in the past couple of years, they, they, you know, they want to at, at least match that. It's... Um, you know, Nuno and the hierarchy and everybody else were always striving for more, always striving for 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 better. So uh, yeah, that's the remit. That's what that's what they're looking for. They're not not just looking to kind of oh have a season of consolidation or anything like that. It's not even going to even enter their minds. They, you know, they're going for big things. Christian, great coverage as always. Both thank you, Christian. Do you know? Do you think Nuno will develop a plan B and ever change his ways and challenge his own core values and beliefs? of the current system we play. All great managers adapt or change their tactics season upon season. I think there's a chance of that. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know whether he... he you know, it maybe... This could even be... Um, I, I don't know if they've got long enough to work on it, to be honest. If, the, if they had a proper pre-season, maybe they'd even work on a four at the back. Um, I... I, I th- you know, ju- just throwing that out there, it's. Ju- I think there just needs to be some sort of ad- advancement, maybe a plan C, if you like. Um, you know, the, the, they've done they've done the the three four three, they've done the three five two. Maybe the the next thing is having somebody to bridge the gap who can play in both formations. If you're not going to go for like a four at the back per se, you know, we're talking about an attack attack midfi- attacking midfielder who can play between. You know the striker and uh, and that midfield and just kind of plug those gaps and you know and really cause teams havoc. Maybe that's maybe that's the key really. And then who could maybe kind of just drift in from the left like 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 a Campos really for 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 Sevilla last mm. night the, the match winner. That that's what he was. I mean you know Sousa was supposed to be playing on the right and a, a Campos on the left, but they were just all about everywhere really. And a Campos was kind of you know. Operating between the lines and just doing whatever he wanted, and maybe that's the kind of player really that that brings about that next evolution of the of the Nuno system, if you like. David Ellerton has Jota turned into the new Cavalero. What do we do with him if he can't find his form early in next season? No, he's not turning into into Cav. Um, he, 
you know, he, he he will be he will be disappointed, and and he will he's not the type that's gonna kick up a kick up a you know a, a fuss and, and and moan and things like that. He's gonna get his head down, and he'll realise now that you know he's twenty three now, and I, I know I know that's not old by any means, but it's it's not you know you're getting towards that age where you've got to move out of the potential bracket. And you've got to start performing consistently week in, week out, and sh- actually showing your quality. I know your 27 post that is, is your peak years as a striker, as, as Raleigh and as a show, but you've got to be kind of edging towards that and being more consistent. I think anybody, any striker can be forgiven for having a bit of a, of a, of a dry spell at, at some point in the season, but having three, four, even five dry spells over the course of a season, which Joshua has had. He's not good enough, really, in the grand scheme of things. So I don't think he's at that level. I think he's still got a huge part uh, to play in Wolves' future. Um, he's just got to. He's just got to up it. Uh, a couple more then. I mean, there's a lot of talking about transfers. We're going to go on to in a moment. So if I don't um, answer your question or ask you a question, then I think that hopefully it'll be covered in the next five or ten minutes. Let me just see if I've got uh, any more. Um, Andy Willis says we haven't performed since the restart apart from narrow wins against poor sides um, also says Traore why is his performance level dipped will he stay when will he have his shoulder fixed uh, should we sell him at, at his peak value uh, and we need to strengthen the squad can you see um, any operation for Adama or do you think I mean it's difficult isn't it because like, he's obviously been doing some strength I think I think Wolves put out actually or actually I think it was the Europa League tweet put out put out a yeah. video I'm not sure whether, whether Wolves okayed that or not <laughs> but it looked like uh, some specific strengthening of, of Adama's shoulder that he obviously is doing in, in an individual training way which I'm sure he's doing behind closed doors and daily to strengthen it um, Wolves won't want an operation for him but um, and I'm not sure whether there is an operation that you can almost have it fixed to, to it still pops out if there's a weakness there there's a weakness there um, but uh, can you see someone like Traore leaving or do you think that he's going to be integral to, to Wolves next season I think the the big danger is, is Jimenez more so than anybody just because of his age and and things like that um, I do think Traore would benefit from at least another year at Wolves I, I, you know as good as he has been and as devastating he is um, at his best I don't think he's ready made for, for, a, top, for a proper top club yet um, you know, and Wolves want to try and move into that bracket themselves, but um, you know, I don't see him kind of getting into Liverpool's um, starting front three, for example. And now, you know, that, that's that's been the the club that kind of keeps cropping up. I don't see him unseating Mane or uh, Mane or Salah. Um, you know, and it, even if he went to you know a Manchester City, I, I think he'd be kind of in and out the team as he has been at Wolves really over, over the past. You know, several weeks. So, yeah, I think he would benefit from from another year. And in terms of his performance, I think he he, he can't he can't you know argue that I, that his shoulder issue has, has played on his mind. Whether it's five percent, whether it's ten percent, whether it's you know whichever how much you look at it, it's something in the back of his mind. And I, I do think that you know as as his you know the more dislocations have come over the course of the season, then. It, it, it has been more more of an issue. Right, transfers. Everyone asking about transfers, Joe, for the rest of the peeps. <laughs> uh, Max Ahrens, Dwight McNeil, uh, strikers, defenders. Uh, who's coming, Joe? There's a, there's, a, there's a signing tomorrow. Yeah, who is it? <laughs> you cheeky bugger. <laughs> um, no, it's um, it's going it's going to be be that now, isn't it? For the you know for the foreseeable future, it's going to be who who is it? Where is it? And there's going to be all sorts of clickbait sites saying Wolves are signing so and so for 45 million euro, and anything that kind of concrete that I become aware of, I'll obviously, obviously, obviously tell you. I mean, Wolves we know are quite tight lipped um, when it comes to transfers, but you know, we know that they they're looking that you know, I've said as much as much himself, and I, I do genuinely think that three or four players is going to be what they're looking at. Um, it, it's it, it, it's it's going to be a tough market because there's so much uncertainty um, because of post-COVID. You know, people, some people are in positions where they want to sell because they need to to boost funds, but other teams are, 
you know, really reluctant to sell their star players because if they lose them, then you know what what they what they're going to do. So, I think these next few weeks could be a bit quieter. The general consensus seems to be that September is where it's going to really kind of, you know, kind of kick into gear. I know some some clubs have been uh, doing doing bits here and there. Hoiberg's gone to gone to Tottenham, of course. You know, Chelsea. You know, after their their transfer ban, have already gone out and made a couple of signings. Mm-hmm. But I think the market's going to open up a bit more in September. I'd imagine Wolves will dip into Europe again, as they have done. And you know, he obviously used the used the links that they that they have. You know, Mendes and things like that. You know, I, I think they'd obviously be. You know, it's worked for them in the past, and they'd, they'd be willing to go down that road again. So I do, um, I do think I do think though, Joe. I do think. Sorry for cutting you off, but I do think that. And maybe just me looking at the situation with with the teams that have gone down and the te- and, and the players that are available. I feel like this is the year where you, you could get someone domestically who I think could do a job. Um, I think there are a few out there, and not just not just the relegated clubs. I know I just talked about like Josh King and, and, and Callum Wilson, all these kind of players, and you know Aaron's and and all these players are available. But even like you know I've, Tammy Abraham. At, you know, at Chelsea and see what the situation was would be there. Now that would be someone who would be a big money, It'd be forty million pounds, yeah. and that would be that would be definitely breaking the mold of what Foson do. But um, I think there are players available who have played domestically. I think I know we go foreign. I know they've had a lot of success going foreign. They've also had a lot of shit as well. You know, let's not forget. <laughs> and uh, and I wonder if they might dip into the market. The only thing that I worry about on that front is that. Jeff Shee's now at the helm, which is fine, and he's doing a great job, and obviously he answers to Foson back in China. But you've got no Laurie Dalrymple, you've got no, you've got no um, Kevin Thelwell, um, so from a domestic point of view, you expect Nuno and, 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 and Jorge Mendes to be, to be the main guys behind in a recruitment regime. Would they even look at domestic players, or do you think that it's all gonna be, it is all going to be foreign? Because you, you don't want to miss a trick, do you? No, I think they will look at domestic players. I just think the the stumbling block with domestic players is wages, and you know we we, we of course there was that financial fair play story last week. Um, you know, in the end, it's just a bit of a slap on the wrist. Nothing to, to worry about too mm. much because the UEFA rules are really stringent. And basically, if you spend money to get out the championship and then you know get into Europe quickly, you're going to fall foul of it because that that's just the way it is. Um, but the wage bill, when you look at Wolves' accounts, compared to other clubs, um, you know, in in the Premier League, is is still relatively quite low, and 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 that is because of the, you know, of, of the of the kind of domestic the the international kind of flavour that it's you know they're coming in they're, they're not exactly proven in the Premier League. There's an element of risk with the signing, so they they you know they they command lower wages. Um, you know, if you were to sign, you know, we were look talking about backup strikers, weren't we, in the in mm. the airports? And I said, I'd, oh well, I'd perhaps take a punt at you know Batshuayi at Chelsea. I quite like him. You know, I, yeah. I think you, you could get far worse. But they reckon he's on about 110 grand a week. Yeah, crazy. So that's that, that's the problem, really. I mean, you know, you're looking at proven Premier League quality, but it just comes at a massive cost in terms of wages and. You know, Wolves, of course, have got players on on very good money, but if you if you if you go into that precedent of signing domestic players and signing a lot of them, then some of the others who have come in from the continent, your Powerdances, your Nettos, and Jotters, and things like that, they're going to be saying, "Why is he on thirty grand more than me?" Yeah, and and then it becomes a big cumulative cumulative effect, and that you've got to. Just because you're signing a player from from your you know from a rival in the Premier League, then you've got to give somebody else in in the squad a new contract. So yes, of course. I just think that's why they've probably not done as many um, deals from the Premier League. Of course, you'd like to see, um, but I think. But do you have to move on though, Joe? Do you have to move on and go? Okay, we've done that now. We need to now now. 
Okay, if we are going to go now, we, we you can't get away from the fact that you're going to have to spend massive money at some point. So yeah, are you yeah. in this for the long haul? Are you in this for the short haul? Do you want the best on a on, on a money ball budget, so to speak? Or do you want to really go for it and, and maybe take some risks that, that maybe, you know, you are a little bit nervous because if it doesn't pay off, you might, you know, you might have to, have to, have to tighten your, your, your kind of drawstrings. Yeah, well, that's that's the big decision, isn't it? That, I, I mean, it is a it is a key summer for Wolves. I mean, you know, as we say, a severe showed what Wolves could be if 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 they get it right in in the in the transfer market, and you know, they want to be a European and domestic force for years to come. They, they, they've said that openly many times, and you know, it, it's whether they bite the the bullets, so to speak, and kind of go out and you know sign a player from a rival and kind of be you know other clubs in the Premier League to, to someone's signature and make these kind of statement signings I, I, you know I think the track record by and large is very good I know Katrani and Vallejo didn't work out last summer um, you know that was a disappointing window really um, but I, I think yeah they've got to weigh it up you know that's a big decision for them to make and if the right player comes available and they feel it's worth their, worth their time and worth their money, then they'll go for it. But as I say, if you if you sign in players from the Premier League, you do now one way or another, whether they decide it's worth it or whether it puts them off, that it's going to come at a premium in terms of wages, not only transfer fee, because Premier League players cost more in terms of a transfer fee, but if you're giving, a, giving them a five-year contract on a bumper wage as well, that's something to, uh, something to consider. Just to let you know, the phrase "tightening drawstrings" does, does, does not uh, does not exist. Tightening drawstrings no. does not. No, it exist. doesn't. It's it's the purse strings, isn't it? Yeah, but I like it though. I think uh, uh, the cat likes it, obviously. So tighten drawstrings. Uh, Joe, um, you know, there's two there's two there's two thought processes here with fans. There's uh, you know there's some that are look how far we've come, and look where we are last night, and look where we were x amount of years ago. And then you've got your other half saying, we don't care about that anymore. You know, we've got success. Yes, we've done that. We've lived that. But now, now you know, there's an expectation there. I'm not, I'm not looking back anymore. You're looking forward. And I'm going to criticise. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say what I think. Um, freedom of speech. And, uh, you know, we're, we're past what we used to be. Where, where do you stand on that argument? In the middle. I'm on the I'm on the fence. Shock. I'm on the fence. No, I, I get I get both arguments. I really yeah. do. And I, I think you know. Is it a generational ha- thing or, or not? You know, Maybe. You've got, you've got the, you know, I had some yeah. of the youngsters saying and arguing with some of the some of the the older folk. You know, and I mean, Twitter's just oh my god. You have to get all come off it sometimes. But <laughs> yeah. But 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 you know, some of it you've you've, you've got you've got a guy saying, look, I I was there when. You know, they just scraped past all the shots, or I was there. When, uh, were you, you know, were you at Chorley? Or, yeah, you know? yeah, and that that kind yeah. of crowd, and you know, you've got no idea. But then you, you've got you've got a young lad, who, you know, young young people coming and say, "Well, yeah, but I wasn't there then. I, you know, yeah. I only know Which now. You, yeah. It's not not my fault that I was. You know, I, I'm I'm 19 or 21 or 17 or whatever. And you can understand that as well, can't you? You yeah. know, the fact that you know you, you can't you can't get um, pigeonholed or or, or 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 stuck back because you know because you, you're younger. You know, it just it, it is what it is. So you, and I thought that was a decent you know decent explanation. You, you can understand both ways, can't you? And both opinions. Yeah, and just don't think... just don't fight among yourselves. Oh, you no. know that's what I hate. I hate them going people going back and forth and by the real anger. I'm like, come on, guys. You know, you're one club, you're one pack, and you all have, you can have disagreements and stuff. But it's sometimes the vitriol on there is just so unnecessary for a club that have done unbelievably well. You know, clubs would be desperate to do what Wolves have done in the last yeah. five years. You know, take away this season, they're still be desperate to do what they've done in the last three or four years. They couldn't even dream about that. They're just mid desperate to. You know, other clubs' fans are celebrating if they finish mid-table in the Premier League every year and that's a great season with just nothing to look forward to you know yeah. what they've done is been sensational and even if they don't get European football another 10 years you'll still have clubs desperate to have what, what Wolves have had so so that's what sometimes saddens me that everybody's going back and forth and back and forth and I'm like come on 
Yeah, it's ridiculous. I mean, like, you know, some, you know, after the final whistle, losing to Sevilla in a near Europa League quarter-final, just can't wait to stick the knife in. Oh, so defensive. Oh, they love way. it. Yeah, they love it. They almost like been, enjoy putting it out there. Yeah, we've been way too defensive. we got it coming. Oh, we've been rubbish for ages. And it's like, come on. And, and you've got to be grateful for what has been achieved. But at the same time, you got you kind of just you know you can't just rest on it. You want to look look ahead and, and you want to kind of get better and 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 that and, that, and that's that's what any football fan wants. You you know you, you now football fans going to turn around and go yeah I'll accept a crap season next season. It's you know oh oh well I'll take finishing sixteenth you know after finishing you know seventh back to back years. It's like oh I, I like this. I want more of this. I want better. That's that's the natural reaction and. I think people who, you know, obviously this is the best Wolves side I've seen in my lifetime. Um, but equally, I think I see the room for improvement. I think, you know, you you look. We've spoke about those areas. If if they get those areas, I think they they could be onto something. But you know, they're not the finished article, and they're not going to be within three years, are they? I mean, we, you know, we the the big thing to sort out now in the, in these next few weeks is. Nuno's future. Hopefully, can get that sorted. Get it. Get a contract agreed. Get it signed. Um, you know, allay those fears. The way he's speaking does seem to suggest that he's kind of, you know, he, he he's he's not thinking. Oh, I'm, I'm going to leave. Or you know what I mean. He he, he does seem to be um, committed. So get that done and kind of look towards the future and enjoy what has happened. But equally, be excited over what could be achieved in the future. Don't need to say any more than that, mate. Absolutely, perfectly. Perfectly explained. Uh, yeah, it's it's been great, Joe. I, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, it's been a pleasure working with you. And um, well, not for me. But but you know, the season has come to an end. We will be back on the podcast. <laughs> discuss this. When we, how long are we taking a break from the podcast? We're not taking a break. We're not. We're back next week, baby. We're, we're starting the new season. We're back next week. We'll have a podcast for you next week. Well, we'll carry on going because uh, well, we'll not take any time off. So we might as well do a podcast. Yeah. Um, if you if you keep listening, then we'll keep we'll keep doing this. You know, we enjoy it. Um, we enjoy a healthy debate. We'll try and get a few guests on uh, for the two or three weeks that we're not going to have live football for. And uh, and look. It's been amazing. It's been an absolute amazing journey. And thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening. If you've listened throughout this season, um, through the good podcasts and the bad, um, you know, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. This is one of the highlights in the week. In fact, it's the highlight of the week for me. Yeah. Um, and, and probably you, Joe. We can really just enjoy, relax and, and be ourselves on here. And it's great to write. It's great to present and, uh, and doing it for the masses. But, you know, the, this crowd and, and you, the audience that really listen and listen every week, whether it's in the car or at home or, or whatever, doing the island on a run or whatever you do, we thank you so much. You really do. And um, thank you for your kind words and thoughts throughout the season. From me, from Joe, have a great weekend. Have a beer. Relax, we'll be back next Thursday. Take care. Bye-bye.